0: Hi everyone and welcome back to RPG R&D. I am one of your hosts, Jess Geyer. I'm one half of Wannabe Games and I make tabletop role-playing games and I'm here with my co-host Craig Campbell. Hello, Craig.
1: Hi, Jess. I'm Craig Campbell. I'm the owner of Nerdburger Games and uh, we have with us a guest again. Returning is Matthew. Hello. Welcome. Hi. Welcome back.
2: Hi. This is the I, th- I believe my fifth appearance so i've now
1: uh, elevated to the the five timers club <laughs> we don't have a jacket for you oh yeah <laughs> and paul simon isn't here
0: <laughs> <laughs> matt tell us about yourself
2: Who oh you? yeah uh uh so i'm one half of uh wet ink games uh and we make role tabletop role-playing games and uh also maybe soon board games uh Ooh. but uh you know, it's, uh, which is possibly relevant to the discussion that we're having uh today. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. What. <laughs> I've done this four times before. I don't remember how much other introductions you need. I, this is like a confessional, right? Like I make,
1: yeah.
2: I'm Matthew and I make tabletop role-playing games. Yeah. It's a That's support exactly group. exactly
0: what it is. Yes. I mean, that, that is what a podcast is when it comes down to it. It's just a support group of people who want to talk about something and we, we need to get it off our chest. <laughs> Um, we have we have a we have a nice topic today. We have a very relevant topic to a lot of designers and just people in general out there. Um, our our first topic du jour is uh, burnout. Avoiding it, hopefully, avoiding uh, yeah. designer burnout. Uh, what what is that? What's burnout?
1: Oh, I'm so tired of talking about that. <laughs> I just can't do it anymore. I just, I, need I just to, need to, I just need to step aside and do something else. I got to get away from this. This is like getting me nowhere. Every time I talk about this, I feel like I'm not getting anywhere. Oh, it's that. Mm-hmm. But for whatever creative endeavor or whatever task at all, it might be right is just getting burned out getting like, Oh, I just, I don't have it in me for whatever reasons. And there's a lot yeah, of ways it can manifest. Lot there's yeah. a, lot, a lot of things that can come from and a lot of ways that it can manifest so i think we'll yeah we'll dive into all of that and this was a topic that was specifically chosen by matthew and to (laughs) allow jess to not have to ask this question of our guest again because i'm sure she gets really (laughs) tired of it and just doesn't want to do it anymore i will ask the question this time (laughs) matt why did you pick this topic and what are your uh, opening thoughts
2: well i i know you've you had a very long list of uh in the past, you've had a very long list of topics, and uh, you know, I this time you just pitched it to me. You're like, What's on your mind? and so I threw out a few things uh, that seemed relevant to me and the year that I'm having, and stuff like that. And this is the one that you picked of the ones I threw out. So, uh, my company has had a, a very busy year, like about a year ago, more than a year ago, last September, we were like, All right, we're going to set this super ambitious schedule for our 2023, we're going to get six projects done and like come out with all of this stuff and like really clean our like queue because you know there's always people we're talking to that we want to work with and like yeah 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 we'll do that in uh, 18 months you know so we're like we're going to catch up this again this is super ambitious this is like uh we were trying to do this thing so i mean we've been going pretty hard this year still finishing up some uh we had uh, part of this year was uh, fulfillment still ongoing of previous stuff. We have stuff that's being produced, and that's not necessarily on my plate because there's two of us here at Wet Ink Games. So Brandon is the one who's been managing the production of uh, Home, which is a, a RPG storytelling game in a box that comes with a bunch of cards that are your prompts, uh, designed by Doug Lewandowski and Yunsu Julian Kim. That's very close to production now. Or I think it is. I think they are rolling off the factory right now as we speak. Um, but that's been I mean, that was funded a year ago. So it's been like a whole year of like getting the text right, getting the art right, getting the back and forth with the factory and like and the layout and like all of this stuff. It, it's it's so that's it's just constantly in your brain. And then we did a free RPG today thing and we did uh, we've done three crowdfunding campaigns so far this year. Um, one of which has been partially fulfilled, one of which I'm still working on, and another one which is yet waiting at the end of the queue to be done. so it's just anyway, I it's a long list, right? It's like you're saying, Craig. It's like I just can't do it anymore. I the list is so long of things that I'm apparently very bad at switching between projects. I want to have like one main thing I'm working on and then work on it until it's done, but I can't because I gotta I got to, right? I get to go to conventions, but that takes that that interruption of workflow and then if you get sick after a convention like I did after gen con then it's like well that's four days more of the con lasts nine days then instead of four days because you were f- sick for four days it, there's just a anything that's anyway that's that's like my, my biography yeah. for the year right it's <laughs> like I just am tired of having so much to do there's always something to be thinking about and I'm only talking about like all the wet ink game stuff that that I'm interacting with there's other things in my life as well which always you take your spoons right so um to use that analogy if you the spoons thing is you've only got so many views and then you have to wash your spoons um i assume that's where it comes from but uh anyway so that's that's i think where i why i was thinking about burnout just because there's so many projects plate spinning spoons whatever metaphor you want to use there's just a lot to keep a track of sometimes and and, and I am there right now for me, you know, so.
0: We talk about burnout a lot in the education profession. Um, oh, I, I, yeah. yeah. Sure. teachers, like there's a lot of demands on them. And being a teacher myself, there are also like super busy periods during the year. And sometimes it can really sneak up on you. Like we're coming to the end of the quarter right now for school. So there's a lot going on there. Um, there's clubs, uh, students, our, our, our seniors are getting their College applications ready, so there are letters of recommendation to be writing. So there's like a lot of that stuff, plus the normal demands of being a teacher: getting your lesson plans, doing your unit plans. There's observations happening. There's like all this stuff happening, and it's a lot to try to get done within that time period. But um, what I found to be helpful for me as a teacher is just like I'm. I work inside my contract hours, and then I'm mm. done. I don't. I don't do stuff outside of that. And if it gets done, it gets done. If it doesn't, it doesn't and just like move on from my life there it's the only like one of the only tools i have to protect my my emotions from getting burnt Mm. out because education is a very creative um field as well so that not only are you having to be creative you're also having to be like emotively on during the day so there's a lot that happens um it's very it's very tiring um psychically tiring
2: emotively on yeah that's yes it's a good phrase
0: (laughs) Uh, But when it comes to a lot of us who do, like, the indie role-playing and game design, uh, there is no contract hours.
2: There's no contract hours, yeah.
0: Right. You were just telling us, Matt, Matt, that you like to work from, like, three to nine. Like, those (laughs) are, like, but those aren't contract hours. Those are, like, a time period that you like to work in. Like, there there is no clock out when you are kind of working for yourself in, in this space, and sometimes you have to kind of chase when your creative energies are flowing, like, Oh, I, I really can't write right now. I'm stuck. I need to get onto, maybe I need to get another project going to try to like get my dopamine levels up so I can chase the creative (laughs) high and go onto this project and like on ramp off of it. But what that ends up meaning is that there's not necessarily a set point where you can block out for yourself to say, like, I'm not going to do work right now. I'm going to creatively recharge. And I feel like that is where a lot of designers and a lot of um like especially again in the indie sphere where we are not clocking out, I'm sure it happens in in the professional, like like you have a job job, like a salary hourly job in right. the in the field too. I'm sure it happens there too. But uh, when it's project based like that, you're not, you don't really take a break until you're done with it until it's yeah. finished.
2: Right. And and, and, and if, that's
0: where the burnout comes.
2: Right. And I find for myself, when you're in that kind of project, it's, it's like that where it's, it, it is sort of like a, okay, so I've, I've read the document. Uh, my writers are great. They've contributed great ideas, great work, but there's still gaps in the document. It's not done yet because the, You know, this writer introduced, I'm mostly talking about the never going home stuff, which is like projects that usually have multiple writers and they each write a different adventure and there's a theme to the adventures. But then like, okay, this really good idea was introduced in five, in part five, but like maybe we should introduce like a one scene in part two that sets up part five, you know, and that's not something you could know before everyone contributes their project. So then... I take that as my work to do to like insert those little connective tissues and it makes a better book at the end and and it creates like multiple through lines and stuff like that but then that's work that I've assigned to myself so then that's on I you know I didn't have to it could be a worse book you know like you know I made the choice to do it but then that becomes a roadblock I guess to the whole project moving forward because I can't move the project forward until I've written that thing that I have an idea for yeah And then, but then if you've got like, I just, I didn't get time today because I had other stuff to do, or, or I sat down and I wrote and nothing good was produced. Right. I looked at the screen for 45 minutes and didn't have the, the idea to connect, you know, it's like, so then that's another day that that project isn't done. It just weighs on you um, as a, as a thing. Um, and I, I think that you're talking about like off time and, and it's so funny because like, yeah, so like, okay, so for my quote, my work, right, I, I don't have a nine to five, I'm, I'm lucky enough to be in that situation. So I, my work is the stuff I do with my company. But then for fun, I'm either reading other people's role playing games or playing other people's role playing games, or like reading, interacting on the internet with other people about role playing games. So it's like, you don't really ever get away with it or away from it, I guess. Yeah. um you know you really have to like close your laptop leave your phone at home and go for a walk in the woods to really get away from all of it right but then that's not a, that's not an option every day either, either. so you know it's
0: i mean it's, even people who have a nine to five too sometimes fall into that category and then they also spend their vacation time going to conventions where they are yes, yes. working <laughs> essentially working and uh that is another like
2: yeah I can't, I mean, we've, we've only kind of complained. We should switch to like solutions, I guess, but like one more, like stating the problem is like my, my Brandon, my business partner, he's like, he has like a nine to five and he has a family. And then, so his, his work hours start at like 9 PM, uh, in order to like do a few hours of work before he goes to bed. And then, yeah, he takes like vacation days from his like day job to go to conventions. And it's like, I mean, I, I don't know how he does it uh that's it's it's an intense workload you know
1: well I'm I'm right with Capers cyberpunk I'm right at the the last couple months has been the the roller coaster car ticking up to the high point mm. we all got on the roller coaster now we ticked up to the high point point. and now until this thing is fulfilled it's the roller coaster right and so I'm in the same position I just undertook what is probably the most ambitious Kickstarter project that I've done. It ultimately resulted in, in um, promising a core game book an adventure book and three different decks of accessory cards to, to the backers and then to get them into production and into distribution and out to conventions and all that sort of thing. And I, during the whole process of getting get everything ready and getting to where I'm at right now, like I got, I was so involved in that, that I couldn't, I just couldn't touch any other design. I've got stuff I want to work on. I've got ideas for the next game, for the next thing, for this or that. Um, I only hand, I only dealt with the things I had to, which was like planning for packs. Um, And because I just, I couldn't, I, I just didn't have the spoons to deal with any of this other stuff because I couldn't dedicate any of a time to it. And I was afraid that if I got too far down the rabbit hole with another game design thing that I would get sucked into that and I wouldn't yeah. give... The, what i need i wouldn't give what i needed to give to this kickstarter into the fulfillment of it and i'm in that position still kind of you know like i, I think it's going to be like that for a few months yet um and so to speak uh you know we spent the first 15 minutes here basically us all lamenting our <laughs> yeah. current situation oh, no, we're all so and busy situations we've endeavors. all been in i think as far as like dealing with with um with burnout the first thing we've just demonstrated what the first thing is that we can talk about is recognizing that everybody goes through it mm-hmm. at some point or another, and that you are not alone. You are not, you're not a special flower that, you know, no one ever has to deal with this.
2: Right. not the only one who doesn't have all your ducks in a row
1: yeah you've had to forgive other people when they've been in rough rough situations You've, you've seen other people do it you think about that like other people will forgive you if you are in a rough burnout place and you can forgive yourself if something gets that you know something gets pushed down the road a little bit that you know if it has to like you can recognize that this is going to happen to you in whatever However, your life is, whatever are all the things in your life, whether you're designing role-playing games or whether you're just you've got other life requirements and 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 responsibilities, that the first step in all of this is just recognizing that it's going to happen and it's okay and you can deal with it and we can get through it. And then we can talk about like different things that we might do um to to cope with it, to deal with it, to mitigate the potential downsides. Um, but yeah, just recognize it like everybody's going to be there at some point or another. And
0: recognizing when you are going through burnout or when you're approaching burnout, I think is really important. Um, when you end up getting to burnout, like the actual like burnout phase of something, it is harder for you to get back to a healthy mind a mind Mm -hmm. space and a healthy like stress level um so when you're starting to feel really anxious or you're starting to feel like even those signs and symptoms of of depression where you're like you're tired you can't think right your brain's foggy you're like not finding the passion that you would normally find passion in things like those are signs that you should like you you have there's something that you need to to fix and Like there are also, of course, you can hopefully if you have a therapist, you can talk to a therapist about it. Uh, But not all, not all burnout is like a, you know, a a medical need attention. Go go and get yourself some help uh, situation. But if you let yourself stay in that in that state for long enough, you could um, end up making things worse for you mentally. Um, so making sure that you recognize like when it's starting to happen and then taking the steps to, to remedy it. And I think the biggest thing is to like, go do something else, like literally just like sit and I don't know, watch TV, like do, do something that's not requiring you to, Use your creative output. Like you're no longer using your battery. You're just recharging. You're you're reading a book. You're taking a bath. You're and you're reading a book not to get ideas for your project. You're reading a right, book right. for fun. You're watching your favorite anime. You're playing a video game. You're taking a walk with your dog. Like you're you're just doing something to literally get your mind off of it. And it might not work the first time. If you if you're like me, then you sit down and read a book and you start thinking about your project instead. Mm-hmm. It's okay. You can keep trying. <laughs> It doesn't, yeah, I mean, it might, you might not be able, it's a transition out of that.
2: Right. Rest is, is part of the work, you know, because you, yeah. you want to, you don't want to, I mean, it's like the running out of gas, I guess, or the battery, but like you, when you get low, you re, you refill or you recharge, not keep going until you run out, you know, <laughs> like that's, I mean, ideally, right. It, right. Or, or if you do keep going, you will run out, you know, that's sort of like the. So, yeah, to take that time to rest a little bit, um, however that is, like you, we said, you know, with the bath or the play with your dog time or, you know, watch a TV show or whatever, you know.
0: Yeah, something completely unrelated. Uh, we had a um, an episode on this with Banana um, way earlier. Uh, if listeners want to go back and, and read that, I think that they had a lot of really good suggestions about things to do that were not um, DTRPG or or board game related. Um, and those are also ways that you are kind of replenishing your creative output too. You're going to be a better creator in general, if you do allow yourself to rest and also literally rest, like sleep. Yeah. yeah. Like go to bed (laughs) and get some good rest. Uh, those are also really helpful. But for me, like the best thing I can do is avoid it from happening in the first place. Um, which is really, it's really tough for me. I, I get a lot of, um, I get my dopamine stuff by starting new things, not necessarily Mm. by finishing things. So I, when I take on a new project and I get that like nice little boost of energy and then I say yes to something else and I'm like, yeah, this is great. I can totally do it (laughs) because I have all of this energy. And like, yes, I can do this too. I have all this energy. Um, That's setting myself up for failure. And I like keeping a list of the things I'm currently doing helps me visualize like, no, I I have five things. I know I can do five things. I can't do more than five. Yeah. So either I have to say no to something, or I have to take take this away and insert something new. Um. Gosh. Whew. Maybe it was a professional development I had to do as a teacher, where they were like talking about literally having stones. Like imagine you have stones, and you have to put your piece of paper under the stone, and you can't you can't add more stuff over. The, anywhere else. Otherwise your papers will fly away. So you had to like literally pick up a stone and remove your papers and put it back down. And visualizing that kind of helps me plan for the future, which is hard for me to do planning for the future, but um, having some sort of running list in some shape um, keeps me from piling too much stuff on me because when I have too much stuff piling on me, I get burnt out. Easier said than done. Saying no is a skill.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: (laughs) No one wants to say no. We get FOMO so bad.
2: I I almost said no to this interview, where because or this episode, because like, (laughs) Craig was like, "Hey, do you want to be on the show?" And I'm like, "Uh, do I have time for that? Is this, you know?" But then (laughs) I decided I did, and so here I am. But like, it is. It
1: is.
2: (laughs) But I mean, it. I had to consider it. I'll just to confirm what you're saying. Like, like it. It is. I value, even though I like both of you and I like being on the show, I'm like I don't know if I have space for the the time that recording this takes, you know. So, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah.
0: yeah, I think one of the things that's really tough for like saying no to, especially here, is that saying no can mean a missed opportunity Hmm. which makes you think like oh could this be a missed opportunity later on like if I say no to this freelancing project am I gonna have another opportunity sometimes you need that like like oh I need this freelancing opportunity because it's some money in my pocket too like there's a lot of reasons why you're motivated to say yes Um, and it's okay I think to say here's here's a tip from my therapist that I got (laughs) It's it's okay to say. Can I get back to you on this? Mm. Can I get back to you in two days? And this could be from anything. Someone email email emails me asking something. Can I get back to you on this? Do I always do that? No, but my therapist would be proud of me for saying this. I've
2: got to forget the name of the person I listened to. uh, I heard this person interviewed on a show, and she was talking about not exactly hospitality, but she was talking about like the the sort of the art of gathering for like parties and like social events and stuff like that. And there's like, she had all these, like, not a whole bunch of rules about it, but like just sort of things to think about, about making like a good assembly of people. And one of the things tell you, it just came and sprung into my head, but she was talking about like the the difference between sort of like a mediocre maybe and a like definitive no, you know, is like it, if somebody invites you to something or to do something and you're like, ah, oh, yes, great, I'll do it. What you really mean oh, i don't know if i have time that that's worse for everyone involved than if you're like no i don't have time for this right now contact me next time you know like because the the yes i want to but i can't is sort of a stronger interaction than a i i'll try you know and it feels relevant right in in what you're saying here about like because so much of the stuff is about uh the the rpg scene especially on the indie side is so much about like oh, I know these people, I want to work with these people, I I want, to take, I want to write for this game line, you know, and it is building those connections, so then to say no just feels like you're closing those doors, but like, you know, you're going to see these people at the next event, you're going to still be seeing their crowdfundings, you know, you're not, I don't feel like you're closing the doors forever if you say no to one thing, you know, because the next time they need work, they're going to come ask you again, you know, like,
1: uh,
0: yeah. I agree. I agree.
1: It's and, uh, it's easier said than done. But sure, sure, sure. Yeah. And one of those things that I think about too is like we're we're living in an age now where a lot of us have, you know, like a handy way sitting right at our fingertips all the time where we can put those things off and not have to worry about forgetting them because we have a calendar on our phones or we have a calendar that's associated with our email that we see every day or nearly every day where, and I do this all the time. I've gotten in the habit over the last couple of years. It's like, if there's something I know I need to do, but I just can't do it right now. Cause if I do, I'm going to push myself to burnout and I'm going to just fall apart or something that's going to, something else is going to suffer. Because like, I, you know, I put stuff on the calendar for weeks and months away to, to rem- remind myself, like, I don't have time to think about this now, but this is something I definitely want to come back to. And like the same thing when you're saying, like, if you tell somebody like, I can't do that right now, but get back to me, put a reminder for yourself too. Like, you know, like I know I'm going to get past this hurdle at some point mm-hmm. coming up where things are going to get a little easier. So I, even if, if I don't want to depend on that person to necessarily get back to me, cause they might forget to, or they might suddenly be <laughs> drowning in things. Um, you can put that little reminder out there and be like, you know, reach, reach back out to so-and-so, um, at a, at a, at this point down the road, and you can you know, and there's nothing wrong with pushing that you know if it has to be pushed as well. You know, you you know what the priorities are in your life, and if there are things that can be pushed, you know, you might. I've I've done it. I've pushed stuff down. I've put something on the calendar for a month from now, and then I pushed it to the next month, and I pushed yeah. it to the next month, and then I finally did do it, and I was good because I, I I handled it at a point when I could handle yeah. it.
2: Um, it, it does seem silly, but it
1: yeah, it, it totally works. It's Don't totally get down works. on yourself for doing it. Yeah, um, it's also,
0: it's funny. It's so funny because a lot of those deadlines uh, on us are self-imposed deadlines. Like yep. if you have a Kickstarter that you said you were going to fulfill at such and such time, you said that. That was you. You did that.
1: Yep, there- I did. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> it's different. Like if you have a contract for like a like like you have a contract you're writing something for somebody. There's that's different. But like. If I said I was going to, oh, I'm going to do all these things in 2023. I'm going to have three different Kickstarter campaigns, crowdfunding campaigns, that I'm going to do. We all said this six. Stuff.
2: Like, we were fools. We said six. We were fools.
1: I did five yeah. last year.
0: It's okay. It's okay <laughs> to like say like, oops. Yeah. That was too yeah. much.
2: It was too much. We've done that was
1: too much. Was, <laughs> Five yeah. in one year was too much, even even with some of them being real small.
0: if you keep trying to like push it just like a couple, just like a little bit back and a little bit back, like, oh, I can do it, but I just need like a little bit more time instead of being honest with yourself, like I'm gonna need a month. I'm gonna need two months. I'm mm-hmm. gonna need more time, then you might get into the situation where you're actually never going to get it done because now it's become such an albatross around your neck it's been i don't know if that's the right thing to say but it's become such a weight on you that you're not going to get it done at all and you're going to be like one of those people who's like 10 years later hasn't done hasn't fulfilled their crowdfunding campaign like they said they would because you keep just pushing it pushing it pushing it a little bit and you're never really replenishing your supply
1: Hmm. um and something to keep in mind too And this is going to be unique to you in your situation is you can look at that thing you're putting off critically after you've put it off multiple times. Now, if you have an obligation to somebody that's one thing, but if it's just something that like this is something I want to do, and I'm putting it off and I'm putting it off and putting it off well why am I putting it off. Why do I feel I can put this off every time do I want to do it that badly, or have I convinced myself that I want to do it that badly. Um, sunk fa- uh, sunk cost fallacy. I've been thinking about this and planning for this for so long that I have to go through with it. Mm. I put all this time and preparation into thinking about it and I need to pull the trigger on it because I have to. I've done all this. no you don't well, you like you may not have to right there, it, there's there's a great deal of freedom in taking something and saying, you know what that no, I just I'm just not like i right. I'm gonna I'm gonna let this go and you know you have to look at it critically for whatever your situation is who you are and what that particular item is, what that thing is. Um, But that's, that's acceptable. It's okay. Like if I was in, in Matt's situation of like, I was talking to somebody about like, well, we're going to do something. We're going to do a project together. We're going to do a project together. And we put it off and put it off for 18 months. And I finally was just like, you can, it's okay to own up to the person and say, you know what? I just don't think it's going to happen. Maybe somewhere down the road, but we should stop putting expectations on ourselves right now because it's, we're just not getting there. So let's just take it off the table for the time being Um, or take it just don't even put the qualifier on there. Just say, let's take it off the table. Because then you're, you're also like, you're not worried about disappointing that person continually. And that's putting stress on you too. You can like, just explain it to, to the person or to, or to yourself. If it's just something that's wholly self-contained, just, you know, just be like, I'm I'm going to stop disappointing myself over this. I'm going to take it off the table. I'm going to handle the things that I can handle so that I don't get burnt out.
2: Right. It, it is, it's a strange thing to be a creative type person and, and these undone projects or ideas that you didn't get right or potential thing like these things literally don't exist yet like it like oh like you know craig you're we are we're gonna do a project together like whatever you know that's a
1: thing. we've talked we, about it and i've talked, talked about, about it, it with jess
2: <laughs> right right what, but you know whatever you said that so like yeah. that's the thing i i mean we should talk we should talk uh, but the like you know um whatever it is like oh i've got this idea like this media thing i'm gonna turn into an rpg it'd be a great little rpg thing um but then like you know that media thing is on like season nine and you haven't done it yet and like the whole cast of characters is different and it you know people are like unless unless you're now gonna recapitulate the project in the nostalgia for season one of the pro of the media thing like whatever it's like what I'm saying is it's like it's so amazing how much it feels heavy to these ideas or the thing and feel very heavy these undone projects these good ideas that haven't happened so to just what you're saying could just give you like no this I'm not going to worry about it I'm going to stop thinking about it I'm going to set it over here and not worry about it can be so freeing um to you know that 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 meaningful no like just no i i to finally tell yourself no that like that's that's not a thing that's going to happen i've been sad about it but i'm not going to be sad about it anymore because it's not happening and then i'm going to move on with other things and it will free up your brain space to think about other things
1: and if Um, you're in the middle of like if you are actually feeling like, okay, I'm burned out, like there's too much going on, you're, you're stalling on things, you're, you're, you know, you're hurting yourself physically or emotionally, like you recognize that something has to change. Like that's the choice that maybe you have to make too, is to say, okay, well, this thing here, just not as important, not as important as my own mental health and my own physical health in some cases too, Yeah. Um, because that's a tie-in too. We don't want to get beyond all of this without saying, you know, not only is it the things that um, you want to do and that you feel are important, but that there's the things that you need to do. And that actually are important, like making sure you are eating and getting enough to, you know, drinking water and, and don't putting your, don't put yourself on a schedule that's going to potentially throw off. Like if you've got a, a schedule to be on for medication, like, please, please, please try to make sure you're paying attention yeah. to that where, where you're, because not only are you now struggling with, you know, hitting the wall, with burnout and boy, we are full of, of, of metaphors today, um, (laughs) for burnout, um, and the things associated with it, but you know, you're, you're running the risk of actually hurting yourself physically, not getting enough sleep, not getting enough sustenance, not taking medication that you need, um, is, you know, every so often, you know, spot checking yourself on that and being like you know am i am i getting this all done am i doing the things i need to do why do i feel so crappy oh well i haven't eaten all day why do i feel so you know why why you know why why does my joints hurt because you know i didn't take a medication that i need to help with that like whatever like pay attention to all of that stuff um and i'm not i'm not you know that's preaching to people i'm sure there are plenty of people who Who are very very aware of all that and keep on top of that, but it's it's easy for somebody to to lose track of, especially if it's like if you're new newly taking a medication, or if you're not. If you've not had bouts of like not eating, like all of a sudden somebody might be listening to the, me say this right now and be like, oh, my God, I I haven't eaten in a day and a half. They might literally realize it at this moment, because when somebody realizes that they haven't eaten, it's usually that kind of realization. It's like all of a sudden they're like, why do I feel like crap? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I well, haven't I drank haven't... a single glass of water yeah, and I, I haven't had eaten any, any food in, in, in you know, 36 hours. That's why I feel like I feel terrible.
0: That's a great convention tip, too.
1: Why do oh, yes. you feel terrible right now
0: at the convention? <laughs> Probably because you haven't had any water and you haven't seen anything green in three days, let alone ingested something green. So <laughs> Yeah, I, I think there's 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 not a really good surefire way to avoid burnout. I do think it's gonna happen from time to time. Um and I think that there's actually like a like a psychological definition of burnout. I'm just talking about like the colloquial, like I'm feeling like exhausted of doing my creative stuff there. There are articles upon articles of avoiding burnout in various different industries. I just think it's like a little extra hard when you're in a project based creative in- industry, like, like games.
2: Yeah. It, yeah, it's so, I think it's, I think it's because like when you were talking, Craig, it's like, you know, setting the stuff aside, like uh, so few game creators are are doing it full time and making a living off of it right so it it's supposed to be the fun thing that we're doing but then if you overcommit or whatever then you end up with it you have two stressful jobs or three stressful jobs or you you know uh, potentially you know and that's not that's not great so you have to yeah keep yourself at a pace when you where you can do it because it it is supposed to be especially if you're doing it like i said not as your like full-time thing like you it's probably supposed to be fun you know like um it's the danger of monetizing your hobby which could be a whole other episode i suppose but like Mm -hmm.
1: um,
0: (laughs) that's why it's important to have other hobbies that aren't games that's kind of what you were saying earlier matt like if, if this is your only hobby and you are also trying to make money off of it, you're trying to make it a job. Now you have two job, no hobby. Yeah. And that's not good for you as a human. You need to have something that you do that is for you for explicitly and expressly your enjoyment. And that's it. And not for maybe not even for anybody else. And again, I'm a huge fan of the, like, I have this game on my phone where if I need a chill out period, I'm playing this game. It lasts like three minutes per round. I can just like click on stuff and it's so brainless. It's so fun. I don't have to think. And I can't think, I can't think creatively because I have to tap all these things in my phone at the same time. Like it's a nice little break from my brain.
1: I'm right there um, with you. I have, I literally between our two podcast recordings, I sat, went over there, I lie down on my sofa and I just played a mindless that's on I my did. Phone for, for 15 minutes i just 15 <laughs> minutes i was like i'm just gonna and i was doing game stuff this morning and i took a break in between to watch some tv and i watched a few episodes of lower decks i was like <laughs> yeah that's yeah. exactly what that i was, did just got myself away from stuff i'm working on you know one thing and i just yeah i gotta shift gears that's how my weekends generally go that's one of the ways that i do avoid burnout is i don't work on something for many many hours at a time i take little chunks and i just break it up with other mm-hmm. things
0: I think that's like uh like a little plug here for a pomodoro timer. A pomodoro timer is like where you you have like a 15 minute work period and a 5 minute break period or like you mm-hmm. can you can change the break periods and the work periods as much as you want. But that's a nice way where you can like do sprints of working and then have a downtime of of waiting. Um another thing I would recommend if you have like some time uh don't do it right now if you are already feeling overloaded but if you're feeling in a good space for it in november every year there's the national novel writing month and the whole idea of this month is like yeah you are writing a a lot in just a month
2: thousand words
0: yeah that's a lot however the whole goal is to just push out whatever like you're just like spurting out crap the entire month. And that's fine. Like that's the purpose of it. Uh, It kind of gives you an idea of how to maintain a really, a really hectic creative balance in your life, how to balance like a project um, within the rest of your life. And I I don't do it very often anymore. Every once in a while, I'll do it during November, or at least I'll try for a couple of months. And like, the nice thing is if I decide to stop, no one, no one's mad at me because they probably (laughs) don't even know it's yeah. just for me and it's it's a nice way to kind of give an idea of like oh how am I feeling and how is my creative stuff going I, I, love, I recommend the product
2: <laughs> I love Nanorimo I do Nanorimo every year uh uh I have only finished like about five times in the like I don't know 15 years that I've done it but uh it's always great to like yeah I gotta start up a new novel right here yeah. I go type a type of a, and then yeah and that's it it. that you
0: Exactly. But it's fun. And it, and it and it does the forums there too. They have a lot of really good forums. I feel like it's a really good community that knows how to balance an intense work project while also avoiding burnout. Cuz again, the whole purpose of it is to not kill yourself writing a novel. It's just to get it done. You're giving yourself a nice little time right. frame it, and it, what you it have it doesn't have to
2: be a long novel. Right. It doesn't have to be be a good novel. It just has to be like fiction. Just write mm-hmm. something fictional.
0: And I think for... you can well, it doesn't even have to be fiction. Well, that's true. You could <laughs> do memoirs and stuff yeah. like that.
2: But it's, it's, I, they've they've broadened the scope. When it was originally, it was just, yeah. you know, write one. I think the, I mean, in this, I think, I don't know, we could talk about NaNoWriMo too, but like uh, for a little while. And it was like, write one sentence of fiction and you will have written more fiction than most people have yeah. in their lives. One <laughs> sentence. And good job. They write more fiction was like the whole thing. But yeah, you could do memoir and whatever nonfiction stuff you know it's it's free for all it's just just write something in november is really there's a lot
0: of little nuggets of wisdom in there for game designers i feel like like a lot of things a lot of lessons you can transfer over to game design
1: um speaking to to uh jess's comment about the timer thing where you know certain amount of time on and then a little bit of time off I know people that do that to get their chores done around their house. They, 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 that you know, they're working on game stuff. They write for a half an hour and then they take five, 10 minutes and they go and they, you know, dust the living room or they go, you know, load up the dishwasher and get it going. Yeah. Um. They take a little break, you will know, gather up the 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 latent runaway dishes that are in glasses that have made their way around the the home, um, and get it all together and scrub out the stuff that they need to pre scrub or whatever and get it all in there, you know, and like that's a, like a little break from, and it's just you know little mindless stuff that you can do to just get you off your butt on your feet, like if if it's something that you can do outside too, that can be helpful, like you know, even if you don't have a, an outdoors, you don't have a dog to take out to walk or or something like that, you'd be like. Well, I normally stop somewhere when I'm driving somewhere to fill up the gas tank. Like, I'll just go walk out to the car, get outside, get some fresh air, get in the car, drive down, fill up the gas tank, come back, get a little exercise, see something other than the four walls. <laughs> or your computer uh, yeah. screen. Um right. or their computer uh, screen. And that you know, that one too, the uh uh spending a certain amount of time, um, even if you're um even if, you, if you're not gonna get away from the from the, you know, I, this is something I hear about for office jobs is like a s- certain amount of time where you're working, looking at your screen, and then you stop and you just look at something that's farther away, it prevents eye strain. And so it'll, it'll keep you from, um, just straining, straining your eyes and, and it'll give you a chance to break your concentration and feel like you've taken a step away. Like, you know, and cause we were talking, you know, men, and when I mentioned that, like, you know. Uh, Burnout can mention can manifest in a bunch of different ways. And the, there's other things that can happen in conjunction. And one of them is eye strain of just sitting at a computer screen and everything. And I notice it when I work a long time on a computer screen and I walk away, it's like, I can't focus on my television set, or I can't focus on anything, you know, the picture across the, the room, because like my, my focus has been right here all the time. That's what my eyes are adjusted to doing. Um, and then if you do that too much and you know, everybody has different limits, your eye strain kicks in. And now that's one more thing that's making you feel like crap that's just going to contribute to getting into the kind of the burnout zone. So, mm-hmm. you know, taking care of yourself in all the different ways, like, especially for those of us who work office jobs, where we're, um, you know, sitting there two feet away from a computer screen for eight, eight nine hours a day.
0: Want to switch topics? Uh,
2: well, I, I have a segue kind yeah. of uh, <laughs> uh, that prepared. Uh, I prepared. I think part of it is, so you talked about like, uh, not having, you have to keep, if, if you've got, if you make your hobby, your job, now you have two jobs and you need another hobby. Right. And that's, I think related to that point is like, obviously if you're working in games, I think it's very important to continue to play the games. Like you still not necessarily play your game to play test and to study it or to go to other people's games and, and be in there. you, you don't work at games like go to other people's games and play just play like have other people be the gm and and, whatever and don't not do it for like evaluating their games or whatever um and that's that is the try kind of forcing the segue to talk about meeting (laughs) other people meeting other designers and, and then you could talk about your designs but like just hanging out with other people who are working on game stuff and playing the games is kind of keeps it helps can keep help can help keep it fresh for you where it's like oh right these are fun these these aren't long documents of full of minutiae that I have to fix they are fun things that create experiences in real life um, and so staying connected with people you know have your regular game group and stuff like that so that's sort of my transition into what we're uh, something that Jess and I did uh, just a few days ago uh, I got to meet uh, I met nine. No, I've already met one of them. So I guess I met like eight new people, uh, on a uh, at an event. And I don't know how many new people you met, Jess. Uh, Could we went to the same event?
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, we did this unpub speed pitching event. Now that was on the publisher side. Now was on the writer side. So Unpub is this organization. They do a lot of really awesome stuff. I really recommend checking them out. Um, It's just unpub. You might see them at conventions where they do game jams at conventions, and they also do playtesting for games at conventions, um, among other things. They also have a convention that happens in, I believe, March. Um, And uh, they also have been holding these speed pitching events where they select a group of pitches um from writers from from freelancers or other writers and then those writers get to uh pitch their ideas to a series of publishers within the span of like 8 minutes at a time.
2: Yeah. And it
0: was a lot of fun. It was so fun. It was um, so
2: fun. <laughs> it was so fun. It was it was so intense like it it was like okay, on for 8 minutes listen to this person and then like okay, there's like 2 minutes to like talk to different all the publishers would go back to the publisher room and then like kibitz with each other real quick and then like <laughs> okay it's been everybody's back from their thing now go back out to the designers um and then it, it you know re, i mean it's rinse and repeat right there were 12 12 spots for the publishers uh over the course of two hours it ended up being with transition times it ended up being more like two hour two and a half 245 uh by the time we everybody was through the whole st- all the different designers but um it, it was fun it was very it was intense and you almost didn't have time to think it's so like you weren't burnt, burned out or stressed because like you were just like oh wow cool idea I don't tell me more about your company tell me more about your thing what do you think of the big future of this game you know um so it was it was pretty fun in that respect um and, and the excitement I obviously like from the publisher side and and all the different people who were there talking about their game there was such a such a potential like and that's obviously not everyone's going to be at the speed publishing type event but like that's that thing about keeping it fresh and new is like here's 12 people that i talked to who have a new game that they are going to make and i'm like they all sound great i want to see all of these people succeed you know and it, and so, like, that's sort of like an energy that I can then bring back to, like, the next time I have to open my document and continue editing, continue building the index, for, which is a very boring, <laughs> tedious part of the book that I'm currently working on. Uh, I'm like, I, I, hopefully, hopefully I'll be able to bring that excitement back.
0: Yeah, it was, it was a way to, like... It was very, very energizing to see everybody get really excited about their games, like from the game designer side, because we had a little designer's lounge in the the Discord. We were talking there. And then also, like, kind of getting a little bit of extra input that you might not get, a little bit of extra feedback from people who have the potential to say, like, yeah, I want to help publish your game. Like, that, it was very motivating for me. I left feeling... I like felt like a little bit of an emotional high at the end. And uh, right after that, I got a free chicken sandwich from a local restaurant. So it was a really good day. It was a really good day for me. Um, <laughs> I, I think it was also a really good exercise for the speed pitching. It was a really good exercise mm. in boiling down the ideas of my game into something very, very quick that would get all of the notes done. And it th- would be like, I can talk about this in eight minutes. I'm getting it across, and then go. Um, and I think like, that was one of the first pieces of advice I was ever given as a game designer, was like, well, how are you going to pitch this? Get across the idea that this is a unique game, that it's doing something different, and what it's about if you're just sitting here with me for two minutes, like you got to be able to like, if you can't do that, you need to figure out your, your game a little bit more. Like you need to figure out the ideas for it. Um, and that advice has stuck with me. Gosh, that was like five, five however many years ago it was 2017, I think, uh, 28, whatever. Uh, <laughs> um, and, uh, Yeah. I mean, I was even editing my PowerPoint on the fly. Like as I was getting advice, I was getting feedback. I was like, Ooh, let me change the wording on that. Let me do this. Let me like, let me tweak how I'm going to present this for the next person and just continue to refine. Um, And it felt like, it felt like a month's worth of feedback in just uh, like the two hours that I was doing it.
2: Yeah. That's, that's fun. Um, It's obviously, you know, it's so neat to see the other both halves of it because like yeah of course you could you could take that two minutes of like downtime in between to like yeah edit your edit your pitch you're like yeah
1: Mm -hmm. I also it
0: it was also nice to see people that I already knew like several of the publishers that were there because I know a lot of people in the industry I feel like I knew a lot of people I was like oh I had all this I had this introductory sentence prepared and I don't have to use it right oh no <laughs> i already know you well here's my stuff now <laughs> so look. who
1: is jess Guyer?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um but i but i did get to meet a couple a couple new publishers make some connections in the industry um like all of that was super useful i would really recommend they're gonna i think they do this pretty, pretty regularly i this is like one of the first ones they did for role-playing games or for like storytelling narrative games uh but yeah, i know that they I think also this was do the them very for, first they do them for board games too. Um, yeah, I think and
2: the, the board game one is a bit more well established, but uh, they the um, they're trying to broaden it out to be more uh, for the TTRPG stuff as well.
0: Yeah, and Heather was great. Heather from UmPub um, was amazing. Heather O'Neill, and mm-hmm. uh, I thought I thought that that just it was like a really fun event. Thank you, thank you so much, UmPub. <laughs> <laughs> uh what is their next one like we could even like oh I have no idea throw that out Here, let me let me find that real quick uh because I would really recommend I I feel like we get some people who are just like getting into design or like they have something ready uh to go it and was
2: I mean, well you look I can talk yeah. about like the 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 uh I was impressed because I you know I guess you saw from your side you saw six design or six uh companies from from my side i saw 12 designers so there was one person who was just like i don't have like a game i just want to tell you about me and that i'm available to write here's the genres that i've worked in before um and that went there were people who had i got i was you know because i as a publisher one of my questions was like how big do you think this game will be and there were people who were doing like, I think, eight pages max. And I'm like, I don't really do eight page games, you know, like that's sort of below where I'm looking to make a book. Um, but there were other people who were like, you know, I this, here's all the cards, here's the chips that you will use for the storytelling purposes. And, you know, that'll all fit in a box. And it's like, well, you know, that's, that's something that we've done. Um, uh, so that's sort of like right in line with what we're doing. And then there's other people who like, it's a 60 page book and that's it. it. No cards, nothing else, you know? So the the difference between this is an eight page subs, I mean, a zine can be any length, but like eight pages is a very short game uh, up to like a 60 page book up to like a a booklet that also has like multiple decks of cards and tokens where you're tracking stuff. And, it it, just the scales are so different and so like i'm saying all that to be like if you've designed almost anything it would fit into this event is what i'm what i'm saying
0: from from the writer side from the designer side too it was good to know like what publishers are looking for honestly i don't think about things in terms of page count i think of things as like am i when am i gonna be done with this idea and this game and how that's how long it's gonna be um and i can be flexible with it but i also do layout so like I don't know. It could depends on the art. I guess it depends on what art I have. It, that was that was a hard question for me to answer. It's like I can tell you how many words I currently have in my document. That's incomplete. Well, even that that's not because be...
2: then you know, <laughs> as a publisher, you're like, okay, that many words add these many extra mm-hmm. pages for art equals about this many page count. You know, like right. it's 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 a because because the the page count is about the the marketing and like the the right. when you put all of your products on a shelf together as a publisher I want them to look similar you know if we have one book that's like an eight and a half by 11 glossy hardcover 350 pages that one would stick out from the other stuff that I've currently done so you know it's about branding and I don't know it's just our choices it's like what our books are all similar and they 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 look like they belong together um it's something yeah that an individual writer doesn't necessarily have to think about but that's it's that's why you get the event you got to find the person who is publishing exactly what you are writing, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. I, there are a lot of times during that event that I was like, I don't know, you tell me, what do you want? I'll do it.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I,
0: if I wanted to do it myself, I would not be pitching it here.
1: <laughs> well, and that, that'll tell, that'll tell a publisher something about you and the game and, and what you, what, you know, I, I imagine there were publishers that, Got a pitch from somebody who had very specific like this is like it's 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 written it's this big I expect it to be this I expect it to be this like, and you know that 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 that's a very specific energy and an expectation of what the products going to be. and uh, if you go in there with kind of like, well, it could you know kind of be like you know twenty percent longer than it is right now, I could wrap it up, but I could also like expand out the world and do some other stuff that makes it bigger, and we could do it you know in such a way that it's um, you know an, a much more forgiving white space kind of book, or it could be a really tight book, um, and mm-hmm. depends on how much art and like that you know certain certain publishers will look at that and be like, okay, that you know that allows us to help shape it into something that's going to kind of fit our thing rather than another designer saying like it's, it, it, the game is this, Mm -hmm. this is what I as the designer envision. And, And the publisher also then can ask like, well, you know, do you think it could be a little smaller? Could you tighten it up? Do you think it could, do you think it could expand it and make it something a little more robust because that's more the type of thing that we publish? Like then, you know, the designer has to decide whether they're going to offer, you know, like if they feel that that's okay and where, you know, what they feel the game should is or should be, you know everybody again it's all everybody's got their creative foot in the you know their their creative toe in the water they're ready sure. to dive in and you know like are they prepared to dive in based on what information is being given and you know the you know this the this they are they stuck on like it's it's got to be this like this is this is my art and this is, it has yeah. to be this or are they but much more I, I mean, malleable they- with where they can go with it that's going to and there's there's not a wrong way to do it it's just different you got to right. match up the the designer and kind of their style and expectation with the publisher and kind of how they yeah. want to approach it. Some publishers would be like, I want this to be you. Some publishers are like, I want this to be part of us.
2: Uh, yeah. And, and it is, yeah, you're, both of those are happening. I think where my motivation for asking that particular question comes from is like, it's sort of a, if the designer can visualize the complete idea and then then we can work together if but if the designer is like oh i don't know it could be anything you know then it's sort of like you don't even know what you're trying to pitch you know um and not that you said that yes uh, no. but like there's definitely like people who are they they're they're like they've got an idea but it it's an idea is not a game you know like there's a lot of So if they're like, I want this to be a lean book, here's my like comparisons to other industry products. This is who I would be in competition with, you know, because this is who I'm taking inspiration from. That's a very person who's very far along the process of like, great. I could give you the little bit more juice you need to get to the, that we can get to the end of that becoming a reality. But if they're further, not as far along in the process of like, you know, I don't know, it could be anything. We could do it on cards. It could be a book or we could just release it as a website. You know, like, it's like, well, now you're, I don't know how to help you now because you could do anything, you know, I don't know. It's. Mm -hmm.
0: I will say though, that for a designer, if you are that far along, think about just doing it yourself. I
2: I feel like (laughs) I told people that like somebody, maybe I didn't tell them, I should tell them, like, I got at least one pitch where I was like, what do you need me for? You're done. You're just put this on. They already had like a, They'd already like started building their Kickstarter page and stuff like that, where I'm like, great. What do you need me for?
0: Yeah. There's at at that point, like, just do it. Cause then you're just giving somebody money. Right. And, and me, this is me, Jess Geyer, anti-capitalist. Don't give people your money if they don't need it. (laughs) (laughs) I found out the, the, um, pub spit, uh, speed. Yes, Yes. Event. Uh, the next one, actually their submissions for it close on, Halloween, October 31st. If you go to unpub.net, that's their one for their bgg con in-person speed pitch. So that's probably board mm-hmm. games, board games, yeah. card games. But if mm-hmm. you are a board game card game designer, it was like so easy for me to like come up with a one pager to come up with a sell sheet and then just go with some idea that I have had for a while. Like one idea that I've had for a while, and then when I was like. I've had. I have this idea. Like, I I know this. The rules are going to be like. Let me let me put it together. It was super easy and it was lo- very low pressure. And um, yeah. And it was also good to see- listen to the kinds of questions that publishers had. So, if you have an idea, go for it.
2: Yeah, and, and no one no else. one will even
0: know that you applied if you if you don't if you don't get in. No one will even know. You can. It's a little, a little only, secret.
2: <laughs> only Heather at <and> Unpub.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> uh, the i i love what you said just about it being like sort of a, a a way to practice your pitch right so um yeah i i can't i mean i can imagine it but like having to do the same pitch like to all the designers you just get to do like you know i'm going to say the same thing six times but i'm going to iterate each time and make it a little bit better a little cleaner uh, a little more directed that that's that's like six it's like more experience than you can pack into an average hour of like uh yeah. You know, so. Yeah, I'm sure it's really valuable from that point of view, and uh, as and well.
1: getting and getting responses from the publisher actually helps you to do what Jess is talking about, which is to hone how you pitch something. Whereas, like if you know, and I I went through this with like the first couple of years when I would take games to to run at conventions and I'd have to pitch people because nobody's ever heard of anything I've made, um, or I'm still making something, or even for the first couple of years doing conventions, it took me a while to figure out like how to pitch my games to players, how to pitch my games to potential purchasers. Um, and they don't give you feedback other than (laughs) I bought it or I didn't buy it (laughs) or I stuck around to play the game and, or I didn't stick around to play the game. Mm -hmm. Um, and that doesn't usually come with a lot of, you know, explanation beyond that. Like, okay. Like you you could stop the person and say, well, why did you buy my game? (laughs) Like, what was it about the pitch that you don't know? It might've been just like, well, it's a genre thing. They love that genre. So like, unless you, unless you bone the pitch, they're going to check it out because they love the genre. And they're
0: not. Um, they're but not when you've giving, got
1: a pub, when you've got a publisher, you're actually getting. They're going to be saying some things that are going to make you think a little bit more, and you can try different ways. And different uh, people are going to respond to those different, you know, to those changes that you make and yeah. to see what kind of garners more.
0: It's literal, control. literal professional feedback. Like, it's not. It's like the that those were casual players. They don't know how to give feedback, nor do they have any like real desire like real motivation to do so uh but publisher that's
1: so and you can ask the publisher at the end what about my pitch didn't interest you well like what what was my what was bad about my pitch what was bad about my pitching
0: <laughs> Like Nobody ask did for, that like no I mean, we only could, had eight minutes could. we were it was so fast <laughs> and so tight
1: <laughs> well i understand and but you're you're garnering that just you know by the the responses you do get but like if you kind of get to a point and you you've got a couple you've got a minute left you can you can ask them let me yeah. like what what do you think like they seem interested in the game but it's not their type of game they like they like the idea but it's not their type of game but then you say right. well okay well what what's what what advice would you have for how i should pitch this to somebody for whom this is the right type of game
2: uh yeah ask that yeah. question <laughs> I, it just here we are pitching future Unclub events pitching ideas
1: uh, pitching how to pitch <laughs> but, uh, i mean we're
2: we're we're positively talking about the event to people who are listening to the show uh i've this this event was uh, a few days ago at the time of recording and i think most of the people that i talked to have subsequently emailed me to like follow up so that's like another level of like you know not just meeting those people for those eight minutes but like our emails are they you know our emails are included right or or i was or they looked me up on the internet or whatever but like you know reaching out that next step of like you know not just did i see your one page thing that you submitted but like now a lot of the people have reached out and like hey let's continue the conversation or or whatever you know i haven't read all of those emails yet but that's um it, it's useful for you as a somebody who's got a game to pitch to like make those connections with other people. Um, because yeah, it's so much about connecting to other people.
0: Heather was really good about giving the designers feedback on that. Like, here's what you should be doing next. Like here are the things that you should be. I loved that it really was an event that brought down barriers of entry for people who are new. Um, Cause if you don't know what to do next, that can be really, it can be really scary
2: and it, it was big. a literally global event. There was right. at least one person from Australia. There were people from uh, uh, at, at least one Asian country. Um, one of know. our
0: diversity sponsorship recipients from the IGDN. So yes, happy to yes. see them on the list. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, like, yeah, there's like people from all stages in their design work too. Like, I mean, I've I've published yeah. my own stuff before and I was still there. So
2: right, and what one person was like. This was my master's like they'd been to they'd like this was their capstone project or whatever for their master's degree in game design or whatever and that that was the person who uh i was like you should just do it yourself certainly a fun event
0: all right uh we are a little bit over our hour time and with respect of that time let's wrap up here matt thank you so much for joining us today in your busy schedule good luck good luck with the rest of your 2023 you only have two months left
2: so i I hope that you're two months and two weeks
0: (laughs) i actually have something that i'm going to be sending to you today speaking of the things that are on my list to do so (laughs) um matt we're oh
2: oh i was just gonna say like we got game hole con is i'm leaving game hole to go to wisconsin uh i'm leaving tuesday uh this week to go there so that's that's a whole week of me we got it's I don't know. I have three conventions to do yet in the year. Uh it is it's madness. So
0: oh yeah. Uh where where can we find you if not live and in person <laughs> at game Hulk con?
2: Uh right. Uh live and in person at game Hulk con. Uh if this is out before then, if this is out before that. Uh also on the internets, uh, I've been recording interviews with our creative teams uh all year. Uh, those are all on YouTube. Uh, we have a Discord uh we have you uh, facebook uh instagram i think we have an x uh you know it, it, it's all under wet ink games though so if you're on a uh if you're on the socials uh we got wet ink games i think we're even on the the new ones some of the new ones so not not on tiktok people keep telling me i should get on tiktok but uh i i don't know i guess i'm a grumpy old man about it or something i'm like tiktok what is this newfangled thing and it's not even that new i just i'm i'm <laughs> I'm stuck in like 96. It's almost 10 years old. I know. I know. I'm stuck in 1996. So Um, Uh,
0: you can find me on all those socials too. Like I'm there on Twitter and Tumblr and everywhere else at at Joshka. I'm I'm on TikTok at Jess is awful. Uh, and you can find my games at wannabegames.com. I by the time this is done we'll probably already be sending out copies of the Coven of PS13, which is my main girls meets the craft game about high school witches. So thanks for supporting the campaign everybody
2: Yeah I gotta I gotta get on that and back that. <laughs> thanks.
1: Uh, I am Burger Craig on all the various socials. Um, my website is nerdburger nerdburgergames.com and the games are at drive through rpg um, my next convention is packs unplugged where nerdburger games will have its own booth and i will also have a demo table going on where we will have people running short demos of i believe it's going to be capers um, good strong hands and code warriors um, pretty much the in all the hours that the dealer hall is open there will be demos
0: Thank you to our opening and closing theme song, which is Avel by Steph Sachs, licensed under Creative Commons. Thank you, Steph Sachs, and thank all of you for listening, and we'll see you back here next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Later on.